You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Woo-hoo! Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, YouTube and world listeners of the Earth Station One podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We got a good one for you. We have a great one for you, you could even say. We are going to be talking about, of course... Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's right. The movie that almost came out of nowhere and took the world by storm. And it's funny how many people are talking about this one and how many Academy Award nominations it has going for it. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, it's interesting when you think about it. This movie almost did alternate realities better than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse and Madness. So it's actually going to be kind of fun to talk all about it tonight. we got a great crew to join us. Of course, my regular co-host, who's always from another dimension, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. How are you, buddy? I mean, I I think I'm okay. But as this movie proves, you know, it's like anything could be happening. Anything's possible all at once. All at once, anywhere. It's pretty cool. And it's going to be a lot of fun to do it. And we have a newbie with us tonight. Let's welcome Jason Craig to the show. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. What's good, everybody? Can't wait to talk about everything. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I can't wait. It's no going problem. to be a ton of fun. This is your first time on our station one. So you want to tell everyone about you? If you don't mind. Yes. Yes, I would. My name is Jason Craig, a.k.a. the Friendly Neighborhood Dreadhead. I host the brand Love it. popcorn. <laughs> I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, if you can't tell. Um, I host the Bring the Popcorn podcast along with my other co-hosts. And we talk about everything from movies, TV, and just whatever's going on in pop culture or any foolishness that's going on around the world. And a little bit of news just to keep everybody informed, but with the entertaining twist to it. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Um, where can people find your show? Is it up on YouTube? Is it um, audio? Is it video? We have uh, video, audio. We have Twitch, um, Bring the Popcorn. Just type in Bring the Popcorn anywhere from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on Podbean now. Trying Podbean now. We're on Spotify. Just uh, oh. type in Bring the Popcorn. That's B-R-A-N-G-D-A, then Popcorn. Cool. So, nice. Definitely, and we'll have a link to it, of course, up in our show notes, and so definitely everybody could check you out. Well, welcome aboard. We're very happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Of course, we're also very happy to have our listeners and our viewers. Thank you guys for being here, as always. And if you haven't had a chance, please like and subscribe. No matter where you listen to us, it's always a great way to you know, let us know that you're listening. Let us know if what you think of the show. Feedback is always welcome. And some folks have definitely been leaving feedback up on YouTube. People have been leaving feedback up on Apple and Spotify and a couple other places. And so it's really awesome that you guys are getting the word out about Earth Station One and what we're doing and how we're 
doing this. And it's everyone has been really giving us a lot of great feedback now that we're doing two episodes a week. It's pretty awesome that we're getting out there and, you know, we're working our fingers to the bone for you folks. This is what we're doing. So it's pretty awesome. And we have a great time when we do it. And we're glad to do it for you guys. So it's pretty cool. And, you know, as always, if you want to write us, feedback at earthstation1.com. And, you know, we're about to do something that a lot of podcasts haven't done before. We are about to go into our 14th season of Earth Station One. So, you know, we've been doing this for quite some time. And it's a ton of fun to be you able to You can tell by the gray in our beards. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we we actually were nice, dark, young fellows when this uh, started. But now now we're old farts. So there you go. But it's always great to be able to talk to you guys every t- every t- couple days now, and it's pretty cool. So, want to thank everyone for that. Also, if you get a chance, check out our Patreon. We that's our lifeblood here right now on the station. The ESO Network has a great Patreon, and we have all kinds of cool stuff. We're about to post a new episode of ESO Board Silly, which is the ESO Board talking about all kinds of goofy stuff once a month for you guys, which is exclusive only to our patrons but you know what you also get to you guys a new episode of the earth station dcu classics is going up also later this week so you guys should have plenty of listening material if you get a chance and you could definitely check us out as we always like to say check us out at patreon.com slash eso network Another thing we want to do is say howdy to our friends over at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical is a great sunglass company where you can custom make your own kind of shades. That's right, folks. You can do custom-made lens colors. You could do custom-made frames. You could do custom-made colors of frames. You could even do gamer glasses, blue light blocking glasses, face shields, safety goggles. You name it, Tifosi has it. And you know what? They got a brand new website up there, and they want people to come visit, so they're having a sale. Go figure. It's pretty awesome. And as a way of saying thank you, if you put in the code EarthStation1, you can get 10% off your whole order. Just not one pair of sunglasses. Not just one your whole order. But if it's on sale, you get 10% off the 25% or whatever it's for sale for. That's pretty awesome, folks. It's a great deal. Check it out, tofosioptics.com. All right, Mr. Mike. You ready to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once? This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. We can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you... Be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. 
I've been waiting to talk about this since I saw it, which was, uh, it's been a while. So, um, cause it's an incredible movie, um, about a woman just trying to do her taxes. Um, exactly. and so, um, it's that simple of a story and yet so incredibly complicated, complex in its storytelling. And, uh, uh, I just can't wait to talk more about it, but the, the movie itself has a great story as well. Um, it premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival on March uh, 11th of two, 2022 and began a limited theatrical release on March 25th. It was a wide release on April 5th. And this movie is one of those movies that just, you know, it didn't wow everybody, or at least it didn't wow the box office number with, with huge numbers um, right away. But it gradually kept growing and growing and growing which is not the case of usually movies like they hit one weekend and that's like their big splash and then they drop by 40 to 60 percent keep dropping keep dropping until finally they're out of the top 10 and then out of theaters this one did the opposite it started small and kept growing and growing and growing until finally it uh now has grossed over 100 million worldwide which i know compared to like marvel movies and stuff that's what they make in an opening weekend but but for an independent movie like this um it's it's unheard of i think it's the highest grossing independent movie uh since the pandemic and uh so um so, Jason, let me start with you. When did you first become aware of this movie, and when did you first see this movie? What was it that drew you to watching this movie? Well, for me, um, I, I I heard about this movie uh, through through a trailer because I see a lot of independent films because I love independent films, especially from the studio A24. A24, yeah. Solid they, stuff, right? Yes, they, are, like, they have put out some of the best original content that I've seen in a while. They're basically they're basically the new Fox Searchlight now, so so um, I saw I said, "Oh, Michelle Yeoh, is that short round? Oh, snap, it's short round! I got to <laughs> see this movie because I'm a huge like um, Cr- um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I love that movie. I, um, they're re-release. I think they they're re-releasing it in theaters. I'm going to go see it. I love Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I've I've loved her ever since I saw the original Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. cause like, I wish I could have saw it when it originally came out, but I'm a nineties baby. So I didn't get that luxury, 
<laughs> but, but um, yeah, and then like I just have fallen in love with Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm not going to talk about the recent Halloween movie. Um, but yeah, this movie, I, that's how I, I saw it last year. And did you see it in the theater, or did you oh, see it on, on at home? I saw it in the theater in the loudest, oh, wow. loudest format that I could, and I told nice. everybody to go see it. I bothered my friends every day of the week until they saw the movie. Nice, nice. I remember seeing the trailer. I saw the trailer in the theater, in fact, um, I think in um, either early 2022 or late 2021, and it it, it, it popped with me. Um, I didn't recognize, I didn't recognize Short Round. I didn't ri- recognize uh, Kihoi Kwan, um, but I did, um, uh, I, I did, rec- of course, Michelle Yeoh. I mean, that's of course. if you need if two words to go see a movie, those are the words you should get. Like Michelle Yeoh is just solid. So um, and uh, yeah, uh, Mike, what about you? When did you first uh, become aware of the movie? I heard about it at, you know, South or South by Southwest last year, and it was getting a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz. And, you know, I was always a huge, huge fan of, you know, like Crouching Tiger and. You know, then also, of course, Michelle Yeoh from Star Trek and about a zillion other projects that she's been at. And it's pretty amazing. And then to see that Short Round is in it and to think that he's married to Michelle Yeoh. And because Michelle Yeoh is probably close to our age, if not older. And Short Round, I never thought he was, you know, more than 15 or 16, you know, now. So it's pretty funny to think about that and then jamie lee curtis and you know a couple other cast members is just amazing and the it was just a great 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 movie and it was we had so much fun seeing it we saw it at the movies actually over the summer and um then i saw it again when i was traveled in october on the it was on the airplane and judy hadn't seen it yet so i was like I'm going to wait to watch it again with her. And so we watched it like two or three weeks ago again. And that's what gave me the idea to do the episode. Yeah. And I'm surprised we didn't have it on. uh, Yeah. I'm glad we are talking about it. So, uh, and it's proper now that with all the uh, nominations, it's got, it's already won a few awards, uh, golden globes that is, and the critics choice awards and everything. So it's up for the Oscars and that should be really interesting to see how it does there. But um. Yeah, we actually got I, to uh, see a couple of dra- uh, cosplay people at Dragon Con for this movie. Did. I uh, I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater, and I, I sort of regret that. So hopefully at some point uh, I will get a chance to correct that. Um, because I do feel like this is going to be one of those movies, especially around Oscar season, like in the next month or so, they're going to be showing these a lot of these movies in the theater again. And so it's a chance to, to see it because Michelle hasn't seen it yet, and I think she would enjoy it. But But obviously... With the trailer, there were two things that hit me, and I didn't even know Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. I had forgotten that by the time I saw it. But but Michelle Yeoh and multiverse. And it seemed like this was like a multiverse happening to just an ordinary person. It was a parallel universe kind of thing, a science fiction concept happening to not a superhero, not, not uh, you know, uh, anybody who was a scientist or anything like that, just a normal person. And that was intriguing to me, but I had no idea how bonkers this movie would be. Uh, Jason, what was your, like, when you came out the first time you saw it, what were things that really uh, resonated with you? 
hmm, not, what really resonated with me was how personal the message was. Like I like um I wasn't expecting it to hit me in my feels. Uh, also just uh just how much like after like after like that first night of seeing it, just how much it had picked up steam at that point because I saw it like a month after they went through like uh, I guess their first run in the theaters because for whatever reason I guess since I stay in Texas I couldn't get it when it first hit the run in theaters and um yeah just how great the cast was um short round was a was a very was a very uh pleasing uh surprise because I like oh he's in it a lot but yeah like my initial feels I just loved it <laughs> I just I just really loved it and after that like wow. This is how you do the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, we had just last year, as Mike pointed out, we had a multiverse of madness movie that came out like about a month or so before this movie. Right. So uh, so all our geeks were, you know, used to the multiverse concept and everything like that. But this probably introduced it to a lot of people who were not uh, superhero fans. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and Mike, what about you? What was something that resonated with you the first time you saw it? Well, it resonated with me was yeah, it was about alternate universes and it was all about you know, it had the science fiction, but it was all about family too. It was all about family. Oh, like a and, fast and furious movie? <laughs> yes, it was completely <laughs> fast and furious. It's all about family. Family. Exactly. No, it's a it's about reconnecting with, you know, you know, that she got so wrapped up in her self-pity and, you know, just focusing on the laundromat and everything. She let her her daughter slip away. She let her marriage slip away and she was able to rediscover that and realize what was important to her and what she could have done. And, you know, this is a lot of what if type stories too, all tied into it, which was really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of like a lot of the, um, you know, because obviously, if we haven't mentioned before, we are going to spoil this. So if we haven't spoiled it for you already, we're going to get into some some stuff, including probably the end. But uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of like multi universe after universe after universe. It's a it's a crisis level event (laughs) for those people who are into DC comics. It's crisis level event. Um, Worlds will end, you know, worlds will die, that kind of thing. Things are happening all over. But at the center of all this madness, there's Michelle Yeoh's character. And Michelle Yeoh just does such an excellent job at grounding the movie. So as crazy as it gets, you're always with her. You're always understanding what she's feeling. You're always understanding, like, um, you're identifying with her. She's She's grounding the movie in a way that... I don't know if other actresses could handle the weight of that on, on, on this kind of movie, but she is able to do it with skill and, and, and you just feel for her the entire time. Um, and like you said, Mike, it's about relationships that you have with your family. It's about looking like being going through a midlife crisis, right? Like what if, what if I had done this when I was younger, would I be in a better place? Would I not have to deal with all of this? Would I, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And and confronting that and and being okay and coming to terms with the fact that you know you've got some good stuff in your life you should look at it that way right oh that, that's kind of the message I got uh, Jason what about you did you feel that way too uh, yeah I just yeah um, I felt that the movie was just saying you know 
you have to cherish each other. You, like you, you have to cherish each other. And um, like you said, you can't worry about like, like you can't put so much focus on one thing, worry about that because you'll lose sight on another, you'll lose sight on things that's important. Like, of course, a lot of important, but family is more important because we see throughout the movie how strained that relationship is. And even with all that wackiness and craziness, um, you still you, you still feel for both Michelle Yeoh and her daughter and and her husband. Oh, yeah. very much so. Yeah, very much so. Because you feel for them and all the different versions of them. And once you realize that, you know, they made this horrible, you know, monster that was destroying all the universes, you know, you expected. And it was your daughter. It ended up being the daughter, which was real interesting. And that that brought the, it grounded the movie in a lot of ways, it seemed like. Because it seemed like, you know, instead of it being someone who was a stranger, it was her own daughter who was the destroyer of worlds, as they put it. Well, I mean, she's a teenager, right? So. Yeah, of course. All that explains it completely. You know? <laughs> I mean, and then there's like, you know, the universes themselves, all the things going on, the craziness, of course, you know, the visuals, uh, especially with the uh, the uh, hot dog hands, right? The hot dog fingers. Uh, do they have a name for that? Sausage fingers or something like that? Right? I think it's sausage fingers. I, I don't sausage know. fingers. <laughs> And the mustard and the I mean, ketchup coming out of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that it, was that the craziest thing in the movie, or what, did you find anything else like even crazier than that, Jaden? Um, well, I would say that was the crazy. Like, uh, I'll say it was the weird. Like, well, I guess kind of yes, but I guess a close second, which is honestly one of my favorite parts that had no dialogue whatsoever, was when they were rocks. Ah, rocks with the googly eyes. Mm-hmm. Rocks with the googly eyes. Yeah. Um, I think uh, there's a moment towards the end where it, this is a huge emotional beat, and the rocks are like, like one rock. I think it, does one rock like jump off or something like that, right? The daughter, and, ju- and, the daughter rock jumps off. Yeah, and I I started to get emotional, and I'm like, I can't believe, like, I that's when I knew I was this movie had me hook, line, and sinker because. I was like, I can't believe I'm getting this emotional over a rock. <laughs> so that that sequence was really crazy. Uh, Mike, anything for you visually that was crazy as well? Um, the 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 first battle scene in the hallway when the police were after her, and then the destroyer of worlds came in, and she literally took out the whole police department that was in there, and seamlessly it was beautifully done and then she beat a guy to death with two large dildos it was just so fripping awesome and oh yeah that was a it, it, it was it was just beautiful though the fight scenes and the the choreography and the cinematography in these all these different scenes were wonderful they were for an independent film they were done on such a high level it was it was awesome. Yeah. Um, Jason mentioned Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And I think that's where a lot of people, um, you know, became aware of Michelle Yeoh. But of course, she had a huge history even before that, starting with, uh, I don't know if the, this was her first, but the earliest that I 
that I can relate are, are her, her super cop movies with Jackie Chan. And this woman could hold her own with any of those martial artists. And she, it doesn't look like she's lost a step at all. I mean, she, I assume I haven't really looked in detail, but I'm assuming she's doing most of her own stunts here. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And it was interesting because, you know, when you watch a lot of movies that like if they were a big studio film of this, you would had all these really whiz bang special effects or props and everything. They were just using props for even on the alpha planet where they were in the van and everything, things you would find around your house, like little goggles and, you know, things that were on the, you know, that you would find in a kitchen or stuff, or, you know, it was just, it was just awesome. And then for ways for them to access the alternate universes, instead of these being these glowing objects, you have to find, don't let them stick the, you know, the awards up their asses or whatever, or you have to pick <laughs> that person's nose or, you know, and it's just like, really, <laughs> really? It was, it was almost becoming more and more obscure and absurd is a better word for it, which was wonderful. And that's what made this movie fun. And it was fun. Yeah. And also a uh, fun fact. I'm, I'm sure if I'm, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that, um, uh, I forgot the actor who, who I referred to a short round, but with his time being gone in Hollywood, he was, he was a stunt choreographer. He did a lot of stunts and, um, and like, I'm, he did a lot of his scenes himself. So I don't know if he helped with the choreography of this movie, but I wouldn't be surprised because like you said, Mike, the choreography in this film is excellent. Like, like it, it is really good. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'd put up with any of the the great uh, martial arts movies of the seventies or eighties or whatever. I mean, this is right yeah. there. It's just, they don't skimp on that. Yeah, his name is uh, Kehu Kwan. Kehu Kwan. Yeah, and Kwan is, uh, you know, Kwan. Yeah, you're right. I did read where he he left. He left the business for a while because there were no parts that he found that were, um, you know, that were worth his time. Like they were all either stereotypical or whatever. And, and so he just uh, kind of quit the biz for a while. And this is his, his kind of return. And it's good to see that he's getting a lot of recognition for that because I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. Short round is not my favorite character at all. So I much prefer him in this than I do in the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> well, remember Mikey, he was also a goonie. Never forget. He goonie. was a goonie. Goonie. Yes, that's right. He was a goonie. He also was an um, Encino man. <laughs> the other thing that makes this uh, this movie to me amazing is just thinking about the logistics of making this behind the scenes. Because there are sequences that cut into the different universes for only just like five, ten seconds. And they all like just sort of happen uh, at a blur. That's why I can't wait to see this again. And I imagine if you see it and watch it and look at it, freeze the frames at certain points, you'll be able to see a bunch of other things that you didn't notice. Um, but to me, logistically, they had to know, okay, at least with the rocks, we want to like film like all this stuff because we're going to cut into it later. We're going to film all these sequences in this universe or whatever and cut them all in together. And I mean, that's, logistically when you're when you're talking about making a movie like that's hard to do when you're coordinating that much that many shots i don't know how many 
Like this should, if this doesn't win an acting award or directing award, it's got to edit an editing award because this thing is like fast and furious, right? Oh, the editing, whoever was the editor in this should, you know, be, have a gold star, you know, put on his forehead along with his googly eye because he was just (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Put googly googly eyes on that Oscar, right? Exactly. And also, also another aspect of the film that I really did enjoy is uh, if you look at the cinematography for some of those universes, it's vastly different. Like when she, when um, she is, I want to say she's a movie star or whatever. You can tell like the cinematography in that scene just is vastly different. It's lit different, like just everything. And I, I was like, oh wow, that's a nice touch because that way we be able to like differentiate the different universes. And I thought that was a really nice touch. So yeah, if they don't win an Oscar for editing or cinematography, I'm riding. I'm, 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 I'm going to be at that front door. Oh, exactly. And I. I think there's also a lot of different languages in this too. I think a lot of the different universes and characters are, are, are speaking a different sort of Cantonese or Chinese or some sort of Asian dialect, as well as English is in the movie, of course. And there's all sorts of other um, inflections in this that are like, I did, I couldn't track that stuff because I'm not knowledgeable on that stuff, but I did read where I think this has got like eight or 10 different languages in this movie. Yeah. So it would make it hard. You have to give a huge shout out also to James Hong. He was awesome as the father, as yes. the, like the girl, and because he's been you know he's been in everything literally, and he is just amazing in this, and you know him the mass being the master planner, trying to destroy everybody. You know, no, you cannot be take go to her level. We must destroy you before you do. It's like, Dad, when did you start learning English so well? (laughs) (laughs) It was just so well done. And that's that's what every person in this movie, um, the daughter who the only way I knew her, she was on she's she's on Mrs. Maisel. So I know her from that movie. It's awesome. And she did amazing. She was awesome. There's not one role. And Jamie Lee Curtis, come on. Jamie Lee was fantastic. You know, everyone hates the IRS as it is. So it's like, you know, (laughs) everyone fully expected them to be the bad guys on this anyway. And you even have sympathy for her at the end of this movie, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there's there's depth in almost every character that's in here. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a start to a great movie when you flesh out and put depth to a lot of your characters. Like, I even fell for them in the Sausage Finger world. Like, oh, they just want to be together. They make such a cute couple. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, the thing that really also struck me is like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this, is the 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 Ratatouille stuff. Ratatouille stuff. No, <laughs> like, ra- like, rat- like, no, 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 Mike. It's uh, Raccoonie. 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 <laughs> Raccoonie. Well, it's based on the Ratatouille. Ratatouille oh, right? I'm sure so the it's... people at Disney's heads exploded when they saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that part was... That... When, I saw, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, they have no chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that turns out to be sad, too, because you've got that sad moment where um, you know, you think it's uh, one thing that's going to happen, and then it kind of, it gets resolved as well. Everything gets resolved in a nice 
I don't want to say a nice neat bow because I don't want to make it sound contrite, but it, every everything pans out and there's so much going on, but everything pays off, I think. Right. Which is very rare as well, especially when you've got so much happening. Um Anything else about like, you know, so Jason, where does this rank as sort of the movies that you saw last year or movies that you've seen? I mean, is this like really high up um, like the Totem Bowl as as your favorite movie? Uh, As far as last year goes, it is 1A for me. I put that and the menu at the top. Like those, those my, that's my 1A and my 1B. As far as all time, I think it's, I think it's, itching his way into the into the top five top three wow okay wow uh i know that i had it as my third favorite movie but as far as narrative movies because i put two sort of documentary things on there on one and two last year but this was the first this was number one as far as narrative movies for me uh for last year and I think as I watch it more and more, I think it will definitely reach higher and higher on my all-time list. I definitely there's so much going on that it's definitely worth a, a rewatch. And Mike, you've seen it what three times now? Three times. So yeah, yeah so, it's, I mean, it's high up. You must. I guess you liked it. Oh, I did like it. If if you remember when <laughs> we put, when we put um, our top ten list together at the end of the year, this was number five, I think, for me. Wow, or, it was like four. Low. Four or five. No, there there were a lot of great movies for me this last year, and you know that I liked. And this ranks very high up there for it to be even in the top five for me. That's saying a lot. And you know, when I was originally making up my list, it was like I was like, does that go in at number one, or you know, fitting it where it was? And you know, it knocked what I think it was the death was a death of the Nile out of the top ten for me for my favorite mm. movies. So, you know, there was just a ton of great stuff out. And this movie ranks higher than any of the Marvel movies I saw. Higher than, you know, a lot of, you know, if you go through my top 10, Wakanda Forever was the only movie in, that Marvel made last year that got into the top 10. And that was like in the lower part of the top 10. So this says a lot about it. And you know, I was looking forward to Doctor Strange, and that didn't even make the top ten list for me. So yeah, yeah. Um, I do think that you know it'll be interesting to see what happens during the Oscars. The Golden Globes are by the foreign press, so they have a little bit more flexibility and leeway when it comes to foreign films. Uh, there's a lot of this movie that is subtitled. Uh, there's, uh, of course, you know, most of the movie is comprised by Asian, Asian Americans, um, you know, there's, uh, I suppose, you know, the term woke could be uh, applied to this movie as well. So there's a lot of things that are probably going against this movie as far as like traditional things go, as far as being an Oscar contender, seriously. I don't think but so as I much, though, this, just I, because, I get the of, feel- you know, because we had a couple of years ago, we had that uh, South Korean movie. Parasite, uh, Parasite, yeah. but that got a lot picture. of heat. That got a lot of heat for them doing that. So, um, and uh, you know, it's a different type of. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Jason? I'm sorry. Um, for me, I, I would say that uh, um, it's kind of cliche, but any um, like like any type of press is good press, and like even if some people do determine this as woke. 
which like I don't see how people would classify this as woke. I I'll be very bad like it, it'd be weird because it's not like they had Jamie Lee Curtis on the on, in the marquee and then they're like well, oh it was a base switch. Here's all these Asian Americans. It's 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 not that, but I do feel like word of mouth is going to help this movie. It's going to help this movie a lot. Like it's still, uh, it's still, uh, it kind of falls into that Oscar category. It's it's um it's narrative based and um it's lots of dialogue. The Oscars love dialogue. They 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 love dialogue. Agreed. Even if it's not good, even if it's not good, they love dialogue. Um, but ah. I don't think it like I think it stands a good chance, but then again, I saw a lot of movies more than I can think of, so <laughs> it has competition like in certain categories. But I, it should win. It should win something. It should yeah, win. Yeah, I I admit as much as I love Michelle Yeoh, um, after seeing Tar and Kate Blanchett's performance in that, that blew me away so much that I was kind of like, man, it's going to be hard to beat Kate. In Kate Blanchett's part in that, uh, Tar is available on Peacock, I think, or uh, some service now for, for so it's Peacock. People, Peacock. Yeah, so people can watch it if they haven't checked it out, which I do recommend you check it out because Kate's performance in it is amazing. But um, I think it's a toss-up between the, 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 those two talents, um, mm-hmm. and and I do think this is getting a lot of like there's a lot of uh, positive swell around this buzz around this movie. I don't, you know, apart from you know the 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 usual detractors um i don't feel like there's anybody who's really against this movie so i do feel it's got a good chance and that's great cuz that opens up the awards to all kinds of movies featuring all kinds of ethnicities i would think well that's or the gates have already been opened like we said with parasite so i don't think it's going to be you know oh my god an asian based film is one I don't think it's going to be like that anymore because it's already been there. And I think it's just going to win on its merit, word of mouth and popularity. And damn it, if Top Gun wins Best Picture, I riot. <laughs> then then I, you know that the pendulum has swung the other way, right? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. it's not like you hated, like a lot of people didn't hate Top Gun now, right? So it's not like Top Gun Maverick's a bad movie. No, but it's not a best picture, folks. Yeah, I'm agree with Mike. I love Top Gun. Like to me, I've um, we did a retro review of the old Top Gun. I, okay. It, it was, and like I made fun of it because a, a lot of it is just a lot of it, it. It it comes off as homoerotic sometimes. So when I'm going to the second one, I'm going to check one like, man, I hope this ain't the same thing. But I like, oh wow, this this film matured. But like Mike said, <laughs> this. It better not win best picture. Look, a lot, a lot of things I, I, I a lot of things that won best picture I do not agree with, and I love Top Gun, but top, out of all the movies I've seen last year, Top Gun should not get. It should not be nowhere near best picture. No, <laughs> top, top Gun or Avatar shouldn't even be in those yeah. categories. And like I said, I like both those movies, but like I said, I would never be like that's the best picture. When I think of best picture, I think of films like um, Richard. I think of. Um, like I think of films that can be like nominated or contend, like Hereditary and all that. But Top oh, Gun, yeah. I'm like Top Gun, I'm like nah. I love it. No. It's entertaining. I no. would have pu- I would have pulled Top Gun and put Wakanda Forever in there. Oh yeah, but you know they don't it's like a much be- it's a- Oh, I know, but it's a mu- <laughs> yeah. it's a much it's a much better picture. It you know, and so, and you know, the Weird Al movie should have been in there. No, 
Maybe not. Maybe not. But, <laughs> maybe, you know. maybe not. Hey, but, it got a Golden Globe, right? It so, did. It uh, did. It's possible. Yes. Yeah. Got uh, best made for TV or something like that, right? No. Or something like no, that. best drama. Oh. Best, <laughs> no, it wasn't drama. It was not. I know it wasn't best drama. Um, if we only so, had a way to look uh, it up. I know, right? Um, well, uh, I mean, it sounds like this has got, and and forgive me, but I, I might have misspoke. I think everywhere, I think actually third on my list for best picture was the Fogelmans, but that's because it touched me in a very personal way. But um, everything, everywhere, all at once was a close, was close right there too. So, um, and, uh, and I, and I think if I was voting an Academy with the Academy, I think I'd have to subjectively pick everything everywhere all at once because it just seems like, yeah, there's uh I'm not saying it's every movie for everybody. Cause I can certainly see like, yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend, recommend this to my parents because, you know, it's a little bonkers for them, but uh, you know, I think, uh, I think this has got something that everybody can relate to. I think it's very relatable, whether you're our age or younger, and it, it's crazy enough that it's got enough visuals to keep, you know, anybody interested. Uh, as as long as it is, it doesn't feel like it lags at all. No, there is no downtime in this movie. That's just like, so, it's like constant. So I look forward to revisiting this one as well. And look, I mean, I guess I think if we all vote with the Academy, this would be the best picture, right? Oh, damn yeah. straight. Damn straight. So uh, just, to, just to put show that I do admit when I'm wrong, Mr. Mike oh. Gordon, it won the Critics' Choice Award, best movie made for television. Weird. There you go. Also, Daniel Radcliffe won best actor for TV uh, movie and, made for and TV. and rightly so, and rightly so. Look, if we all feel it's best picture, I don't think there's anything more to be said. So go see it if you haven't seen it already. Even if we ran across a couple of spoilers here in our discussion. Trust me, this experience we cannot, we could not spoil it all. <laughs> it's just, no, no, no. You are still not prepared. You are still not prepared for everything that's going to happen to you in this movie. Let, so. let me ask you guys though, because a couple people have been floating out there. Should there be a sequel to this, or 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 should they be done? With well, this one? the thing about a twenty four, that one thing I do like, they don't really do many sequels. I don't think. I think they've probably did one sequel in their whole like their whole history of being a studio. I don't think there's gonna be a sequel and A twenty four they're good at that. Like this is a this is a singular story and that's it. You like what you like, we're on to the next one. I wouldn't mind it, but I don't feel like I don't feel like there's a need for it. I feel like the first one was good enough. I can watch that multiple times over. It's a sequel in itself. <laughs> I would watch this over and over again because you see something different every time. I think the stories told here, obviously, if the same creators, Quan and Shinehart, if they had ideas for another one, I'm open to see what those would be. But it just as well, if Quan and Shinehart and even Michelle Yeoh got together and said, let's do something else, I'd be there for that, too. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sequel to this, but with the with those creators involved together... I'm really curious to see what they would come up with next. Well, they also had some big names as executive producers. You had the Russo brothers involved in this. Yeah. And, you know, so that's the folks behind. Because I think the Russo brothers have to be involved with anything involving a multiverse. <laughs> Is that right? Kind of, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. You know, Kevin Feige is uh, taking offense to that, but that's okay. <laughs> so. uh, 
you know, I, I, we can afford to, you know, piss him off, right? No, oh, of, co- of course we can, of course. But yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's interesting because you know I will never look at googly eyes ever the same way again after watching this. But then again, I was at the bagel shop with Judy over the weekend, and I said, "Hey, hun, everything bagels." <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Oh, ha ha ha!" That's like, well, you know. It's going to take us to the next level, so we got to get them. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, So good. So good. All right. We're done talking about this for a little while. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and uh, close out the show. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. I always feel like I struggle a little bit to find what to talk about in terms of the latest things going on in movies in the month of January, early February. But I promise we're almost getting to some good stuff. We're so close to Ant-Man. We're so close to Shazam, John Wick, and a bunch of other fun stuff. But I thought it would be nice to take a moment to talk about the 2023 Best Picture Academy Awards nominations because since it is a slower time, this is a good chance to get caught up on movies you haven't seen yet. I feel like every single year, I'm embarrassed to admit, I haven't seen a large number of movies that get nominated for Best Picture. As a film fan, that's like one of my long-term goals to get better about is watching a wider variety of movies, things that are outside my comfort zone. But like I said, still a work in progress. I'm really curious to see the broad spread of movies that were nominated I feel like um, they have definitely some more popular box office hits with Top Gun Maverick and Avatar The Way of Water being nominated. Now, I adored Top Gun Maverick. I thought it was a great movie. It was my personal favorite movie of 2022. Do I think it necessarily belongs on a Best Picture Academy Award winning list? Not really. And I mean, Avatar The Way of Water was visually outstanding. Should it be nominated in the visual effects category? Absolutely. Um, Don't know that it necessarily belongs on the Best Picture list either. I wonder if this is part of the Academy continually trying to be more relevant to casual movie fans. And so honor a wider variety of films, which I think is a good thing, but I don't know that necessarily these are the types of pictures that I would foresee as getting honored at the Oscars. Definitely interesting. was really glad to see Elvis get nominated. That movie came back out back in summertime, and I feel like sometimes movies that come out later in the year don't always get the Oscar love they deserve. I'm still thinking about Rocket Man and how that didn't get enough love, the Elton John biopic, but really glad to see Elvis get recognized for its work. Love Steven Spielberg, still need to see The Fablemans. I still need to also see Everything Everywhere All at Once. Have heard nothing but good things about that movie, how it's really fascinating. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, definitely interested in... World War One period films would like to get to watch this eventually, but have heard that it's heavy and am kind of waiting to get in the right time and frame of mind for that. So yeah, so I feel like the Academy Awards continues to be an interesting conversation and definitely just encourage you to go out, watch some of these movies and discuss them. I think 
something that's important to remember is that these awards are so subjective. Like, we all have different tastes in movies, and what works for one person is not going to work for another. So watch more movies, keep discussing them, and if you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website. I'm George from the Metal Geeks. I just want to let you know, if you're looking for a place where we can chat about the coolest and the geekiest of things, comic books, movies, especially heavy metal, then you're not looking for anything else except for our show, Metal Geeks, where I'm always right and Carrie sometimes right, especially when it comes to movies. We're there having a good time, me, Dave, and Carrie talking about geeky stuff and metal. I repeat, metal meets geeky. Metal Geeks. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. Sparks has been at it for more than half a century and they're not slowing down. Uh, they have signed a new deal with Island Records, and their 26th album will be released on May 23rd. It's called The Girl is Crying in Her Latte. Uh, they toured uh, in support of their last album, A Steady Drip, Drip, Drip. So let's see if they tour behind this one, too. Uh, another band that will be touring. Uh, they have five dates in the U.S. in March. New Order. They'll be playing South by Southwest, followed by four headlining shows, uh, three in Texas, Dallas, San Antonio, and Houston, and then another one in New Orleans. Those tickets are on pre-sale right now. General sales start on February 3rd, and to find out more, you can go to neworder.com. And it's about that time of the year again. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ballot announcement will be this Wednesday, February 1st at 8 a.m., uh, you can find the list of names that will be unveiled on rockhall.com. And I am sure that we will be on the ESO podcast dissecting that list uh, shortly thereafter. Let's see how it goes. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment. We'll catch you next time. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Jason, you made it through your first episode. We had yeah, some fun man. on the for the YouTube stuff. This is, folks, this is why you need to listen to the YouTube and watch us up on YouTube. And you can check, just find Earth Station One up on YouTube. It's a ton of fun, folks. We just put Jason in the geek seat. And you missed it. You missed <laughs> it. Ah! So, <laughs> Jason. What do you want to shout out about or what do you want to talk about real quick? Well, y'all, uh, I want to shout out, uh, of course, my my cast, my crew members at the Bring the Popcorn Podcast and the Bring the Popcorn Podcast. Uh, yeah, we do a show every Sunday. Now, Mondays, because The Last of Us is on TV now. And I'm a huge Last of Us fan. That's what we're talking about now. Join us on Facebook, in our Facebook group, uh, that Bring the Popcorn and Twitch Live. That's what we do it live every Sunday and Monday. Um, and yes, yeah, so subscribe. And um, I'm trying to think of things to do for Patreon. I'll I, I, I think of things. But yeah, just type in Bring the Popcorn on any social media platform that it's the listening devices, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we are there. And you'll get to hear me act crazily more stupid than I have on this show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, you're lifting us up a of course, couple we don't, notches. We, That's we pretty don't, awesome. We don't, we don't have a high bar here. No. So oh, um, my bar is really, really low on my show. Right? 
I can't wait till Cocaine Bear comes out. That that's the, that's where I'm gonna be at my lowest. Oh Jesus! All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? I do. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, it seems like maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a month ago. I don't know. Time is weird. But um, we reviewed uh, the Ryan Johnson movie Glass Onion, uh, and we all loved it. And uh, I was really very pleasantly surprised that there was more Ryan Johnson mystery on the way. Uh, over the weekend, I watched the first four episodes of uh, the new show Poker Face on the Peacock Network, and I um, I'm hooked. It's uh, it's a fun show. Uh, definitely pays homage to a lot of the NBC mystery movies of the uh, 70s, 80s. But, of course, it's got that sort of new twist. And uh, Ryan is a uh, director and writer, executive producer on, on all the episodes I saw, I think. Um, and there's going to be 10 total. I'm not sure when the next episodes are going to drop. But the first four were a lot of fun. Natasha Leone is uh, the star. She plays a character named Charlie Kale who uh, can detect people if they're lying. And it's, a, it's an interesting ability. And she's great. She, this is the first thing I've really seen her star in. Really? And she, yeah, she holds this show together. Um, and uh, the mysteries are smart, too, and fun. And it's got a great vibe to it. So uh, I'm sold. And that yeah. is not a lie. Uh, so um, I definitely recommend checking it out. That was going to be my shout out also. And... She is amazing in it. It's a great, great show. She plays a character named Charlie, and the the ability she has to tell, you know, that somebody's lying, it's not supernatural. It's just a natural thing. She's like a human lie detector, and she is just so frippin' awesome, and it's such a great, great show. And, you know, if you haven't seen anything that she's in, she's been in Orange is the New Black. She was in the American Pie movies. She also did a great series over on Netflix called Russian Doll. And, you know, I've wanted to go back and for us to review on this podcast. So we probably will somewhere in the near future because and I'm sure we're going to do an episode about the series when it's the first season's over. I can almost guarantee it. It's oh, yeah. really Poker fun. Face? Yep, yeah, we're adding that to the schedule. I might have to check yep. that out. Poker Face is awesome. And it's awesome because you get Benjamin Bratt in it also. So it's pretty cool. And, and then the uh, a lot of other, like, you know, Ryan Johnson uses uh, his uh, pull. He gets a, you never know who's going to pop up on the series. So it's okay. pretty fun. Might have to yeah. check that out. I'm going to use that $1 Peacock uh, subscription that I have. <laughs> exactly. And you'll have to do commercials with it. It's no big deal. It's like, And it's it's awesome, folks. And I think new episodes are available on Thursdays. So you'll gotcha. have, starting this next Thursday, you'll have the fifth episode, I think. So Ooh. definitely check it out. And so that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so, so much. Uh, it's always great to talk to everybody. And Jason, thank you for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure yeah, to have you for the first time. We definitely would love to have invite you back some other time. Thank you, guys. I, I would hope to have you guys on my show as well. Oh, oh cool. most definitely. Definitely. You know, if, you know, once the restraining order's over, we'll be glad to be joining you. So it's perfect. Okay. But I can get that. I, I feel that. I feel that. Is it, okay. is it BYOP? Do we have to bring yeah. our own popcorn? Oh, well, I mean, I got some, <laughs> some popcorn in, in my pocket. I, I could give you guys. Mm, I okay, think I'll, I'll pass. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. Uh, so, okay, we'll so, bring your own popcorn. <laughs> yeah, so, 
Well, we'll pass on that part. But thanks, everyone, for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you. We want to hear from you guys. Please write us anytime. Feedback at EarthStation1.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One up on YouTube now. And you know what? We have video format. And so you could see us make fools of ourselves even more. So it's pretty cool. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, and Mr. Jason Craig. Thank you so much for listening to us tonight. We'll see you here next time on Earth Station One. Peace, and we are done. Boom. Yay. And now let's go into our favorite other dimension. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.